Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. J.D. Reynolds has released several singles, including Rebound and One Eye Open. The latest is the very entertaining, interesting eight seconds, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Hi, J.D. Hello, Sophie. Hello to all of your viewers and listeners. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and happy to be talking to you. Now, I'll start by saying eight seconds is a time frame well known to anyone who knows anything about bull riding, so I'm guessing you're interested in bull riding. I think I'm officially obsessed. It is the ultimate ride or die sport. And I am so honoured to be just singing about this ridiculously insane sport. I love it. So how did your association, you also have an association with the PBR, which is the Professional Bull Riders Association. So how how did this interest in this association come about? It came about, I was uh, in the finals, uh, well, not in them, but at them uh, in 2019 in Las Vegas. And there I got to meet uh, a lot of the riders. I got to meet uh, a lot of the loved ones and family members and girlfriends, especially the girlfriends and the wives of the bull riders. Mm -hmm. And I I think I'm just one of those people that people just love to speak with and open up to. Um, And we got talking about, bull riding and their side of the story about Mm. what they experience on the other side of the of the fence and so that's when I thought oh this is really really interesting I uh, I was so inspired by their stories that's how it all started and it all just snowballed from there yeah because the song does have that that interesting perspective it's not about a bull rider um riding it's not from that the rider's perspective it's actually from the perspective of a loved one and the the fear that something's going to happen because it is a really dangerous sport although I think it's more dangerous for the clowns than it is for the riders but um did you create a character like did you have a particular partner in mind I guess when you were writing it so you could just shape it around that story all of the stories sort of merged together in this song, Eight Seconds. So upon speaking with the girls and of the of the athletes and the wives, they were really opening up about how they were feeling on the other side of the fence, how they watched their husbands, their boyfriends, their their brothers, their sons ride. Uh, and I was just as fascinated watching them watch their loved ones ride as I was watch, watching the athletes themselves mm-hmm. and from there I immediately was inspired really inspired by their stories and I wrote eight seconds while I was sitting there in the crowd uh, just submerging myself in the audience with the people that loved them and I knew that I wanted to express their side of bull riding, how they feel, what they go through, the emotional roller coaster that the loved ones go through while they're watching uh, the riders and the professional um, you know, protection athletes out there while they're watching them. That's what I wanted to portray. Yes, and you use the correct term protection athlete because I use the old term cloud and I should know better because I actually worked on a book about the PBR Australia a few years ago and I came to have such respect for the riders and the protection athletes because it is, you know, it it is an incredibly dangerous sport, as I said, Uh, but also what I found so interesting is that a lot of the riders have this almost zen and the art of bull riding thing about them. They, They almost managed to 
figure out how to alter time. So eight seconds for them was extremely long. So I don't know if you it's had amazing, any amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So before I started getting really interested in bull riding, eight seconds just seems like eight seconds. Yeah. But while you are riding, uh, so while you're watching someone ride and you are holding your breath and really just cheering and saying, Come on, eight seconds feels just like eight hours. Uh, it is, it is, it, it literally transcends time. It's an amazing sport. I feel that the riders are athletes, the bulls are athletes, and the professional, um, you know, the, the protection athletes, they're just in, in, incredible. So the three of them together, ultimate ride or die sport. And it puts me as a just as a lover of the sport, a new lover of the sport, I should say, just on this emotional roller coaster, the, mm. the joy, the fear. Uh, but then speaking with the athletes themselves, they're so chilled. Yeah. They're so down to earth. It's yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, I got a broken this, got a broken that, got a broken something else, and they're getting back on they're out on back on the bull. Yeah, it's a, I, I found it so much more interesting than I thought I was going to. And I should explain for anyone listening to this interview that eight seconds is the amount of time they, they, they have to try to stay on the ball. Um, very few of them make it. So uh, that's, that's why your song is called Eight Seconds. Now, you were at those, um, that, at that event in 2019. You've written the song. You've also performed at a PBR event. You were at the K Ranch Invitational. That must have been really exciting. That was so cool. I was so excited to do this. A, I love singing our national anthem. I love it. Uh, And I was just honoured to be a guest of the PBR to go out to this event uh, and sing for the guys, uh, sing for the the, the audience and to be a guest of the PBR. So I got to hang out behind the the shoots, see all the action up close. Um, I loved watching the ride preparation before they they got on the ball and I started thinking gee a couple of those things that they do are very similar to what I do in the wings before I go on stage right. uh the shakes and the little nervous dances and the there's the, these little things that they do I'm watching them thinking oh my gosh they, they kind of remind me of me about to go on stage but hang on a second it's <laughs> they're about to just put their lives on the line yeah. uh and uh yeah and I was just and I was right there I was I was so close I was the, pretty much this close to the action and I I was gobsmacked I really was yeah have you had any feedback on the song from people in the bull riding community yes yes a lot and that's what I'm most proud of Uh, a lot of riders and family members and loved ones in the professional bull riding community reaching out saying JD thank you thank you for shining a light on our journey thank you for shining a light on the emotions that we that we go through and a couple of the girls that I was speaking with in Vegas uh, reached out and literally said thank you for not only portraying what we felt but not giving away what we told you and I thought that that was really special because what they were speaking uh, with me about was extremely personal Uh, I don't think they ever wanted to have that deep fear ever conveyed to their partners and 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 boyfriends and uh, I really did just make a pact with myself that I would never spill anyone's secrets but still try to portray the emotion that uh, that these um, that these lovely people were sharing with me and when they've heard the song they've reached out and said 
you've done it perfectly and then I, I, I yeah it brings a bit of a tear to the eye because uh, I'm I'm just really grateful that they love it so much yeah, it would be incredibly gratifying to have that feedback, um, I imagine, and uh, on any song you write, but particularly when this one came from such a personal place. Now, you worked with producer Braddon Williams on this and on other tracks, I believe. How did that association come about? <laughs> okay, so I'm a bit of a persistent pain in the backside. Uh, I Before I uh, even reached out to any producer, I didn't want to just go by name. I didn't want to go by genre. I got a group of my favorite albums together that I love the sound of. And that was it, just the sound of it. No genre, no particular artists in mind, just the sounds. And when I started hearing, oh my God, there's that sound again, there's that sound again, I look up the producer, it's Braden Williams. Oh gosh, okay, so Snoop Dogg, Beyonce. <laughs> oh, okay, JD, you know. <laughs> Start at the top. Um, so I didn't want anybody else. And so through the powers that be and my persistence, I found a way to get a hold of his personal mobile number. Right. And I rang him and I sang down the phone and I said, I'm JD Reynolds. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm a country artist and I want you and I don't want anybody else. Now, he was mid-session with one of the biggest artists in the world who said, you got to speak to that kid. <laughs> uh, and so we got talking and he agreed to do one song. That was it. And that has turned into a full-blown album. Wow. So there you go. That's a, so your instinct was correct. He was the right producer for you. He was. And I always knew it. I knew it right from the start. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't want the, uh, his fame and his success to make me nervous about reaching out and saying please just Mm -hmm. give me give me a go do one song one song (laughs) uh and he was just lovely he's so nice to work with and I for such a seasoned uh producer he's just so great at listening to me Mm -hmm. and pulling out of my head what I can hear and throwing it in the studio yeah, great. We're looking forward to hearing the rest of the songs that you recorded with him. Oh, um, I can't wait, Sophie. Yeah, I can't, yeah, it's very, very exciting. Because I guess so, so, the, so the album's done, therefore there must be a release at some point. But perhaps there you don't is, have to... there is. Yes, it's uh, it's very, very freshly finished. Uh, so we will be uh, we will be releasing it. I'm hoping to release it just brand new uh, next next year. Uh, there's just a couple of little touches that we've got to uh, uh, put on it, just a couple, a little bit of glitter. <laughs> Oh, you like my fringe? Yes, I'm just not. So we've got to put some fringing. Got to put some fringing on the album, uh, and then it'll be good to go. Fantastic. Now, I'll, now having spoken about your most recent release, I'm going to take you all the way back to the start of your musical career. When did you realize you wanted to be a performing artist? <laughs> I started out as a toddler ballerina, and I was a really good ballerina. I was scouted uh, at the age of three by Royal Academy of Dance as a ballerina. Uh, it happens all the time and even younger so I was this little ballerina who could never have a neat bun because of the hair and I was always nervous before I danced so in the wings I would sing to myself and my mum's always said I could hear you singing before you even entered the stage and I used to get in trouble for it big trouble for it JD shut up uh so it was a way of me feeling good about myself and calming my nerves and then a a world-renowned choreographer heard me singing at a massive ballet concert and found my mum after the show and said you know that 
that little JD, she's a beautiful little ballerina, but my goodness, she can sing. And I've never looked back. Ah, so what happened from that point? Did you take lessons? No, oh, look, no. I've just, um, I just started singing. Uh, I sing what I love. I sing what I feel. Uh, I sing from the heart. And then I had a couple of opera lessons, which I was really, really interested in. So I start. I took some classical and opera lessons. And I know that's it's it's was that's weird, uh, but it really uh, taught me perfect control over my voice and how to look after my voice and protect my voice. I think that's really important for longevity in a career. So I loved that. And I was just this old opera singer who she was just, oh, oh, oh. you know, when you're little, you just think someone is just, uh, I don't know, they, they look like uh, just so majestic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, she taught me opera and classical and 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 that's where I, um, I, I, I do um, love the way that I can. I love singing country, but I, I love the fact that I can sing anything. That's oh. it's, it's a very cool and I don't think it is weird, actually, that you had that training because you come from ballet and I did ballet for years. So, you know, the structure and discipline of ballet um, and the results you can then have from that would tell you that the structure and discipline of opera and learning classical singing would also give you some results, I would imagine. Absolutely. Oh, Sophie, spot on. Yeah. Yes, spot on. So I loved the, the the classical ballet and I loved the discipline of it. I loved the history of it. And it was the same when I was uh, taking opera and classical singing I love the discipline of it I love the history of it and it's just all about controlling your body that includes your vocal cords Mm -hmm. I would imagine also the lessons from learning ballet are you know can be applied to to what you're doing now because it's it's knowing that it's basically a lot of boring stuff drills essentially with ballet or any musical instrument uh, including using the body as an instrument to get to performance so you just got to grind your way through it and if you're writing songs you know you've got to probably grind your way through some songs that may never see the light of day so that brings me to ask you when did you start songwriting and have you done quite a lot of songs that may never see the light of day uh, I started songwriting when I was, as soon as I could hold a crayon. Uh, <laughs> Mum said that I was rewriting all the ends of the nursery rhymes because I found them all a little bit miserable and a little bit sad and a little bit scary. So I, wrote, I rewrote all of them. Uh, so I feel that I've been writing songs since I could hold a, hold a, a pink crayon. <laughs> Uh, and and I feel that it's just a gift I I find it um it comes very very naturally to me writing songs I am a bit bit of a weird songwriter you'll never find me in my studio sitting it with my guitar sitting at my piano going oh my gosh what's next but if 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 that is how for me personally if that's if, if I'm in the middle of a song and I think oh oh okay and I'm stuck I see you later I discard that song it's not coming to me naturally right so do you tend to write on piano or guitar or do you use both I write in my head okay uh so I it's 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 very difficult to explain but I might be out I'm a surfer uh I I might be out surfing and I might be just out there watch just waiting for a set to roll in and a complete and an idea or a complete song uh, a melody I can hear a band it'll just start floating through my head and I will always write ideas stories experiences down in my diary 
-hmm. And so, and I like to read my diary before I go to sleep, before I have a surf, I'll read it. I'll have all these thoughts and, uh, and, and that I've written down going through my head and then I'll go for a surf, I'll go for a drive and the, I'll go or I'll sleep. I'll just go to sleep thinking of, before I'll just go to sleep thinking of what I've written down and then I will wake up and I will have a full-blown song written in, in my head. I'll know the piano parts. I'll know the guitar parts. I'll know what the drummer's doing. I'll know what the fiddles are doing. It's very weird, I know. And then I will go to the, run to my studio and I will lay it down and I will have everything done. Uh, and whatever I can't remember is not good enough, so I'll discard it. Which is a pretty good self-editing process. You know, if I, if I can't remember it, it's not good enough. But therefore you yeah, edit it yeah, out across. It's, it's what I, that I, it's what I, it's just how I love to work. Um, and it's an, it's an interesting way of writing. Uh, I'm, I'm unaware of, um, of any other artists. I believe that uh, Michael Jackson used to do a lot of that as well. Just dream a lot of songs. Uh, I think Lionel Richie's another one that um, I believe uh, dreamt a couple of his songs as well. Uh, so it's really nice to, uh, I didn't know that until I, I told someone else how I write songs. And they're the ones that told me that Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, they're the way, that's the way that they write a lot of their songs. So I didn't feel you know so so weird <laughs> actually i think i remember reading that paul mccartney has done it as oh, well really yeah okay cool bring him on there you go yeah. <laughs> join the squad join the squad of weird songwriting <laughs> so what has surfing taught you about performance and about art i guess about creativity freedom freedom just and i've really got to enjoy it i've got to i love uh the freedom of surfing i love the spiritual feeling of surfing for me surfing is very private uh it's very spiritual when i'm at the beach i feel closer to god at the beach than than anywhere else and so when i relate that to my songwriting i can hear that in my songwriting the freedom, the spirituality of it, uh, and it really does help me to just pull out these 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 pretty cool lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I ask that because I mean, I suppose you know there might be a cliche about surfing and spirituality, as you say, but I do think that kind of discipline of being in the ocean, timing, getting on a wave, so that you know it's the right moment. All of that can really help with the creative process because it helps you to hone your instincts about what is the right moment, what is the right wave. Yeah, that's true, and it's like dancing as well. So uh, it's all it's it's timing, it's rhythm, it's patience, um, it's athleticism, uh, and it's just that fluid movement uh, that I love about surfing. That is also in dance, and so I I was pretty a bit of a natural little surfer because of my ballet uh, and the balance that I had. And uh, apparently, that I'm always told I, I ride like a ballerina. I'm just I, I kind of. I, I ride I ride surf like this <laughs> I can't help it uh, and uh, so I ride like a ballerina but I, it's fun and relating that to music I've got to, it's about the feel mm. I, uh, when I'm recording in the studio I'm always moving uh, even I don't know even just even standing in a, in a, anywhere just outside anywhere I'm always I'm always moving yeah, I think uh, humans move intrinsically and it's it's a cultural thing that, that says that, that we shouldn't do it, essentially, because I do think it's part of our nature. Kids move all the time. Little kids yeah, will dance, dance everyone. Dance. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Dance, dance, dance. 
Well, there is within yoga, uh, there is something called bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of celebration, essentially. That it's you, 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 you practice yoga by singing and dancing. And so that's, some people might do it on a mat. Some people might do it by singing and dancing. So I do think uh, there's a place for bhakti in the world always. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that, that sounds great. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> always moving, always dancing. Uh, I'm um, I'm very hard to keep still. Um, but uh, look at me, I'm being a good girl. I wasn't I wasn't good at school, but I'm being a good girl now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, now your life in country music, how did that start? So w- which country artists did you listen to that you loved? Uh, Patsy Cline, uh, Roy Orbison, all, all the, all the look, Johnny Johnny Cash, uh, Dolly Parton. I think it was uh, Dusty Springfield. It was the artists that my mum loved and listened to. Uh, so my mum brought me home from the hospital and she'd have the greats playing on repeat in the house. So all the greats, including Elvis and Michael Jackson and Prince. Uh, so she had this quite she had a really uh, a beautiful ear for music and she loved lyricists johnny cash prince she loved people who could write really great lyrics so i grew up listening to all of that and loving the lyrics loving the stories and that's what i love about country music is that country music tells a story there uh that it's it's got a it's got a really uh uh, it's got a, like a lyric finesse to it country music that I absolutely love and even though I was growing up listening to quite a wide range of music I would always fall back to country mm-hmm. and I'd be always singing Jolene and uh and Spooky by Justice Springfield and I, I was always going back to those to those country songs and mm-hmm. and I, I love it I love country music so do you get to the chance to play live often oh uh, I was playing live a lot before COVID. Uh, then COVID kind of shut everything down. Uh, and then it really just gave me a chance to, I'm always trying to look on the bright side of life, gave me a chance to chill because I was performing a lot mm. uh, and write and just get into my writing zone and, and get this album out and uh, and work with Braddon. Uh, and so it uh it's I'm going to be getting on the road next year and I can't wait I I can't wait to get on a stage and perform the new album for everybody uh I've 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 missed it as you know I performed out at the uh the the PBR and uh that was so cool I I think they announced the PBR announced me singing because I hadn't done a gig for a while Mm -hmm. so the PBR announced IJD Reynolds is coming out to K Ranch and within 24 hours it sold out just blanket had sold out and I was getting all messages from fans saying oh my god I've just paid 400 bucks for a scalpers ticket because you sold out I said don't be silly don't be silly <laughs> uh so it was great to just be in front of my fans singing again out there at K Ranch um I was you know when I, I was mobbed out there you know just, just seeing everybody was just so cool and so yeah I'll, I'll be back on a stage for everybody and uh, I love my I love performing live it's where I feel most at home well, and you have the album coming out, as you said, at some point next year. So I would yep. imagine the dates will be in support of that. Um, yes, correct. In the meantime, we have eight seconds to listen to. You have other singles available. So, JD, yes. it's been so interesting to talk to you, and I look forward to hearing the album when it's out. Oh, Sophie, thanks for having me on. Um, it's lovely speaking with you, and uh, I really appreciate the support to all your listeners, to all of your fans. Sophie's awesome, and uh, <laughs> thank you for, uh, for for listening to this interview, and I hope you love my stuff. Thanks, JD. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.